Chris Friesen. Hello. Hi. Hello, Ben. Had quite the prolific career in retail, my man. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. It's, uh, it's like all I know, other than what I'm currently doing, I guess. I think one of the first things that I, I got to know about you was that you worked at Toys R Us. And it's one of those things that as an adult you think back and when you're a kid, you know, you're a kid and all you want to do is be surrounded by toys. And you kind of got to live it. You lived the dream when you were an adult. <laughs> I did. I did. I, uh, at first it was like this, like, cool, I applied at this toy store and I'm going to, I'm going to work there and it's going to be the coolest thing. Cause you know, that's the first thing that comes to people's minds is, oh man, you work at Toys R Us that much, that must be so much fun. Well, kind of, kind of is, kind of isn't still, still a retail job. So, like, how did you end up there? I know we, we kind of, to recap, we fast-forwarded last time uh, and started talking about your time being an everyday Al Bundy and selling shoes at the shoe yeah. company and some of your experiences there. Um, it, you kind of went from getting robbed at 7-Eleven, and then after that was over, it was time for some Toys R Us kids. Yep, that was... This is for some uh, some toys toys rest. We shorten it. We always call it toys. So I'll probably just end up this whole time just calling it toys. I'm Ben Grenell, and this is character episode 15, the delinquent days. like the way you refer to to band names yeah <laughs> that's true like shorten them down a bit um but yeah it was like 7-eleven a whole lot of summertime partying and then uh i had applied at toys i had applied at a bunch of places like best buy and all those kind of places but um i applied at toys r us i couldn't really remember what i applied for at first um then i got hired there the interview you, was, you couldn't re- remember what you applied for? Like you just submitted a general application or you didn't remember like yeah. the specific yeah, role? Yeah. So, yeah, I just like submitted a general application and I kind of remember my interview there too. It was with the, the director and uh, one of the managers there. And we, uh, I remember I showed up and I was like long hair, like lip piercing and uh, I had a I always carried my backpack, like even tour days, like my backpack was my life. It's this brown backpack. It's actually sitting above me right now. Um, it's been with me the whole time. It has carried my life in it. And uh, I had that thing there with my skateboard attached to it. And um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember the manager uh, that was in the interview later on, her daughter, who I ended up working with later, she told me like man like i did not think that this hooligan was gonna work here i didn't think he was going to like make it 10 minutes into this interview but i did uh it was it was it was a fun little uh interview 
So they judged the book by its cover. Oh yeah, like looked at you as the quote unquote model employee. Oh, oh, they thought I was going to be, you know, manager material, not. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the interview. They just the the director who is I'm think I think he's still there. Um, he asked me like he didn't really even ask me about work. He asked me about like my life outside of work and like my hobbies and stuff. I think like two of the questions were about work. Um, but I got the job, but the job that I got, um, wasn't what I thought it was. So he was explaining to me what, what new employees at Toys R Us, the, the, the male employees anyway, the female employees had a, had a different route. Um, but the male employees worked in, uh, this department called outdoors, the outdoors department. So it was like, working in the warehouse and like uh, making bales and bringing out big products from the warehouse that were work that couldn't be stored on the floor and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, I don't mind building bikes was one of them. Um, one of the duties there as well. So I was like, fine, that's cool. Um, I don't mind. But what actually ended up happening was I had signed up. So Toys R Us was under renovation and they were going to do this like grand opening thing again. I, again, I guess a grand opening of the new store that was being redone. So what I ended up doing was um, there was me and this other guy. His name is uh, well, his name was Keith. We uh, we started together and um, we actually worked like a, a restocking the shelves while creating all the shelves overnights kind of gig. You're like a merchandiser, basically. Basically, yeah, like a merchandiser, like an overnight merchandiser. Um, but we also had to put the store back together because they like, I guess they got all new shelves and everything. So, um, when they destroyed all the other shelves and whatever we had to put, they put the, like the base back, but we had to like put the shelves on the actual shelving unit. And they, these shelves are kind of important, uh, to this story. So like the shelves were like these like shelves you like had to hook in and then like pull down. If you could imagine that. Yeah, they like had two little hooks. So those were like the shelves that we used for the entire store. There's like different sizes of these these shelves. I can't remember all the different sizes, but there's like I don't know, like ten different sizes that we used. Um, but yeah, so we had to restock all the shelves with all the all the product that they took off, and then we had to restock with new stuff as well. But the thing about the shelves and the units that they had created was we also had to use the exact same shelves to create the overstocks for these for these like old units so like at the time we had ladders um but they weren't very tall like me i'm i'm like what five five this keith guy that i worked with is five five there was other people that worked with us there's like a crew of people that were also on the on the job they they had worked in the store they've already been there there's like a couple these this couple was really weird i didn't really like them that much but and then there was a manager that came from like bc or something to run this night thing but yeah it was like our job was to restock the shelves and put the shelves into the units and you had to kind of do that anyway just to like because the boxes of like different toys were different sizes right so you had to like kind of put the shelves in but that was for like the five foot shelving units that was fine but then they had like those like 30 foot shelving units that have shelves on them and then the top part of them were overstocks so Basically, um, what happened was that the the girls 
they use like these ladders and they could only get so high with the ladders because they were like those i don't even know what how tall they are but those are your, your basic like ladder you buy from rona or like canadian tire or any americans i don't know where americans buy things um so they weren't very tall so like and all of us were very short even the other guy that was on the team on the team at the time was very short we're all like five not none of us were like six feet so we had to put these shelves in so what ended up happening is i i kind of cheated so and this was very unsafe was i took this this there's like skinny ones that were like maybe like a foot so i used that as a as somewhere to stand on so i'd put one of those on and then i'd take the bigger ones and i'd put it on above me so i'd like have to like kind of like hang it above me so and and to keep in mind that this is like i don't know these are like 30 foot shelves these things these walls basically so like i wasn't really safe doing this so um what ended up happening is me and Keith, we actually did all the walls like that because um, it was quicker for us to like kind of like scale up these walls and put the shelves in rather than, um, you know, using the ladders. Anyway, so 30, 30 feet up in the air, putting up shelves. Cool. Um, but what ended up happening since um, all that happened, Keith and I, we were like the more agile ones where we could run around and stuff. So we would end up like putting overstocks or like having the aisles are always filled with boxes because uh, we're redoing all the shelves. But we would end up like I would stand on the top and he would just throw me boxes. That's like, what, 30 feet in the air? I don't know how high it was, but it was like really high. I guess they're about 30 feet. I'd say about 30 feet. So they're tossing me these things and we put them in overstock. But I'd also run around on overstock. And the manager at the time, I didn't really understand how she let me do this because it was very, very dangerous. <laughs> like I to get across the store instead of taking the like the aisles to get there because it would take too long because there's pallets of boxes everywhere. I would just climb to the top of the overstock and just kind of just run across and jump aisle to aisle to get across this store. And this was overnight, so we were the only team in there. So, so you're running on the top of the merchandising shelves. Yeah, like, and at that time, it was like I was, it was, I was getting tired of walking, so I'd literally be like running and jumping across. It was like, like you know, like some kind of video game where, like, if you fell, you were gonna die. And yeah, if I fell, I was probably gonna get hurt pretty seriously. But Do I was just like that, like Toys R Us parkour or what? Yeah, it was a like, Toys R Us parkour. Um, I mean, I skateboarded, so I was used to doing those kind of movements. I think we talked about this before that we kind of have this, like, you know sense of certain type of movement to to shift our bodies easier than others but um yeah so it wasn't that difficult for us to do so um i wasn't really scared to do this either because like before i worked in i didn't mention this before but in gimli i worked and i did um drywalling and um insulation installs um but what happened at one point was they told me to build this scaffolding by myself so i built this like uh, like, I don't know, was it five or six chunks of scaffolding by myself? Never built scaffolding before. So it was like terrifying. And I had to like climb the ceiling of this condo that I was working in that it was like an open concept ceiling. So it was super tall. And I like had to like put insulation in the walls while climbing the ceiling without a harness. That was very illegal. Had to be. Anyway, so basically being up high and doing this like running and overstocking shit was uh not that difficult to me you got used to it pretty quick yeah so that's like the the basic of our job was to um stock shelves and like 
put these shelving units back up. But I mean, me and Keith, well, especially me, as I was still in like this kind of like party all the time, do what I want kind of mode. Because I mean, I worked, I played in a band and then I moved back to the city. I worked at 7-Eleven and then that whole robbery thing happened. And then I just partied for the rest of the summer. So at this point, I still wasn't really settled into being back in like normal society. I was still this like, you know, in this rock star, like do whatever I want mode. So like we kind of just did whatever we wanted. I mean, we got our work done really efficiently and quick, but it wasn't safe. Um, me and Keith used to take, used to switch off sleeping shifts um, in the overstocks up top of Toys R Us. So like not in the overstocks, but in like the, there used to be like a warehouse. There's a bottom warehouse and, a, and an upper warehouse. We used to like, I don't know. We used to take sh- like the boxes out, the baby seat boxes. And we just like used to scooch back there and just like take naps. And like, we would do this for like a shift at a time because like, we weren't really watched that much. There was only like five or six of us. So like they just assumed that we were on our own. So we kind of just like would go off and like one night he would go up and take a sleeping shift and sleep for the full eight hours. And like I would, or like until lunch at least. And then I would go up and I would do the same thing. But this is at night. Like this is overnight. These are overnights. Like say I partied way too much. I'd be like, Keith, man, I need to like, I need to sleep this off a bit. We, I would go and, pull a box out of the shelf and crawl into the space and pull the box back and you couldn't see anything the the warehouse was so big that you couldn't see anything you you could play hide and seek all you want you would never find me there so you're working um, like midnight to 8 a.m type thing yeah this was like overnights yeah this was like um i think it was earlier than that because i remember after the shifts the buses weren't even running yet and we'd have to go to the walmart mcdonald's and wait for our buses to start running um so yeah, it was it must have been room? It must have been like eleven to seven, or or like even early ten or something like that, to early in the morning. Whenever buses weren't running on Regent. Um. Yeah. So we we did really stupid things, and then like, um, I was walked ladders. Uh, walking. I don't know if you understand the term walking ladders, but like, basically using them as stilts. <laughs> Like you'd walk, you'd walk it along the wall. Yeah, well, not along, well, not along the wall. Just like in the middle of the aisle, I just kind of lift one side and shift it over. I mean, I got written up multiple times for it, um, but I kept doing it. And I just remember when I came off nights. Oh, this is weird because like I did so much stupid things during nights that I thought I was going to get fired, but I didn't actually get fired. I stayed to go on to days but like walking ladders and like throwing stuff like 30 feet in the air to put in overstocks actually i don't know how the manager didn't get in trouble for letting us do that kind of stuff um but yeah we did really stupid things all night basically we we slept or we rode bikes and skateboarded whenever we wanted we kind of like but the weird thing is we always got our work done i think it was because me and keith did stuff in such an efficient, unsafe way that we got all our work done faster than everybody else. Um, I don't know. But, okay, so basically all that overnight shenanigans happened and whatever, and the the director was super happy with us. And and then what happened was Keith and I, we transferred to days. And um, what we did on nights didn't change to what we did in days. So, uh. It was basically this whole thing was to set up for the grand opening of Toys R Us. 
and um yeah so the basically we moved to days and it was it was the setup at night was all for the grand opening of toys R Us. so we worked for days uh, on days uh for a while before the grand opening actually happened so we did the same thing we stocked shelves whatever but we were like put together so it wasn't like the smartest thing for us to do we like man we did stupid things we like opened up laser tag and we opened up batteries and we had like a laser tag battle in like the outdoors department at the time because during the day that department no one ever went in there uh we did really stupid things this is like when the store is actually open oh yeah the store is open oh man i cannot believe i had a job there and and the thing is i cannot believe i got promoted within that company like there's these kids that used to come in all the time and they used to just wreak havoc of the store and uh i used to be like you leave you need to leave right now like kick you out and they'd be like no i'm like no calling the cops or something you gotta get out of here so uh one day i don't remember what happened but i was so pissed off i just was like swearing at this kid and letting him have it and just saying the most the meanest things to this kid and he's like you can't say that to me and i'm like i can do whatever i want and then i walked into the back room and i'm just like i'm totally getting fired i'm gonna get fired because of this um well no i didn't get fired um, they actually got kicked out and that was, they didn't say anything. I, at least I don't think they said anything, but anyway, the, the shenanigans of, of Toys R Us kept happening. Um, like we kept doing the sleeping thing during our shift. I mean, there was always rumored that there was cameras up in that warehouse. I don't know. I've done a lot of stupid things in that warehouse. Um, and I haven't seen cameras. Me and this other guy that were, that was on days. Um, he was like the the they call them world sales leaders um it's like a fancy word to say department head or department whatever person um we used to like we had to redo the upstairs and i remember just like this indiana jones moment where like these like four foot shelves were empty because we emptied them and our friend was like pulling this huge like pallet of like i don't know some kind of boxes and i just decided to like get on top of this thing with a bike and like ride the bike as fast as I could. Cause he was like at the end of the, the row with the pallet jack. And I jumped off the bike at the end of the last minute where the bike would fall off this thing. And I like leaped onto these boxes. I just thought it was like some like Indiana Jones moment. Like off the top of the, like the, the top level of the warehouse. Yeah. There's like these shelves that you, okay. So you'd like put say like, um, like a pool or a dresser, you could put it underneath and you could put it on top. So it was a good like four feet, must be four feet high, high shelves because it went like went up to my chin and they're like four feet, four foot wide. But they had like plywood on top, so you could ride a bike across them. So yeah, I did. I don't know. I would do stuff like that during the day too, and I I kind of got my work done. But I I just I just don't understand how I got a job there or like kept my job with the stupid things that I would do on regular shift. Um, I like, I remember the district manager came in when I was putting overstocks too high and like, they were really high. Like I'm five foot five and these overstocks were like probably good three feet above me. And I still had a job there. Like I was standing on top. Okay. I remember this day now. So I was standing on top of the ladder, putting the overstocks in, and then the district manager walks by and he's like, what is that kid doing? And I'm just like, I look down and I'm just like, Oh, that's, um, that's, uh, the D bag, uh, uh, the D bag district manager. Okay, cool. So 
th- I, I wish I could have like a video of this, but it was, they took me to a room and uh, after my like fourth or fifth write up for walking on top of ladders and whatever, I don't know. I just found it more efficient to get on top of the ladder instead of like trying to maneuver on one of the le- legs or something. Anyway. So basically, he takes me into a room and he shows me this video of work safety and I cracked up. I was like, I died laughing and this DM, district manager and my director both looked at me like I was just like, I was like, you're an idiot. They're like, you're going to get fired after this, after this thing. Because basically what happened was there was this girl, I found it funny at the time, was this girl who climbed up, up the ladder and then she fell off the ladder and it was the same shelves that we had. And she smacked each side of the aisle at least three times before hitting the ground. I thought it was funny. I was like, that that girl's got some momentum to hit the shelves more than once going down that, that thing. I'm a terrible human for it, but I laughed. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Okay. So, basically, those are, like, the, I, I did stupid things at Toys R Us. That, that's what happened. Um... While I was there, I met a girl, and that girl's mom happened to be my manager. And that manager was the one that hired me. And this girl, she had, she was really shy. And it just started out kind of her just coming to uh, hang out with me and my friends because, I don't know, she just felt like she wasn't being, like her friends are jerks and she wasn't being accepted. And my friends are very accepting of people. As of right now, I mean, uh, this is, this is, I meet Cody here too and he, he, uh, he ends up, um, well, I, we live together, but he, he's a big part of that story at Toys R Us too. And um, so I meet this girl and she just kind of like hangs out for a while and then I guess after a summer, like we started dating, um, I didn't really, honestly, I don't think I really wanted to date her, but we we ended up dating anyway. Um, but yeah, there was the, the girl's mom that had, was in the interview with me that didn't think that I was going to stay there very long. The, <laughs> I was the delinquent. Her daughter was like a freaking princess. So we ended up starting dating. I don't think her mom was very, very fond of that. And did she know that you guys started dating? Yeah. Well, the thing was, me and her mom were close. We were more, like more close than me and the daughter was. We we would talk all the time because uh, I don't know. We just talked all the time about like work and like friends and like she would tell me about her daughter and like her daughter's friends suck. And I was just, I guess one day I was just like, hey, why don't you, why don't she just come hang out with us? Like we're really accepting of all sorts of people. Like she's shy, she can stay shy, but she'll like we're accepting. We're not gonna make fun of her for if she does stupid things. So then like we just, I don't know. One night, um, she just came out and we started hanging out. But I mean, it was her mom's downfall for like letting her come hang out. I guess she became our the ruffian or hooligan. She became one of the delinquents. Yeah. So I met this girl there that I ended up dating for like almost five years. Just like the whole time, the whole time that I was at Toys R Us. And then afterwards, I think I started school. I think when I started school is when we kind of trailed off. And is this like your most recent girlfriend that you had before Brit? Yeah. So this is the re- most recent girlfriend I've had before Brit. And um 
what's happening current and what happened in uh, that relationship, not relationship wise, like it doesn't have anything to do with um, me and the girl or me and Brit. It happens, has to do with like me and like their family and all this stuff is kind of very similar. So right now I'm having a really, uh, just a rough time in my head. I've been trying to ex- trying to explain it to myself, so it's it's kind of it's kind of mixed mishmashed in my head. I think eventually uh, we'll talk about it, but um, right now it's kind of just all up there, I'm kind of stewing. Um, but yeah, so her her dad was the one who passed away from cancer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like I went through that. I've gone through that. This whole concept this whole idea uh before um and it was it was really really like stressful and and all that jazz because i mean what situation when somebody has cancer isn't stressful and uh yeah so that led uh, to a bunch of different like emotions with that relationship like we were we were like we were like a pretty good couple. I mean, actually, this girl, if if anybody's interested, we were complete opposites, like polar opposites. Like, um, I like I'm vulgar. I like skateboarding. I like video games. I'm not really much of a people person. Um, I can be, but I'm not really really one. And this girl was like, she wanted to do get it go to school get a job buy a house get that white picket fence um have a dog you know have lunches with her parents every sunday we were just polar opposite type of humans so um that's in the end of that relationship that's actually how that ended but um it all changed kind of like at first we were both okay with each other's differences, but it seemed to all change when her dad started getting sick. Um, we tended to get more annoyed with each other. And, and I think we both kind of saw what we wanted to see in the future. And like um, just in general, her attitude completely changed. I felt like I didn't change that much. I just, um, I just noticed her completely changing. So I think that's what I fear right now is like, this thing is, it's going to change, uh, Brit. It's going to be, um, rough on everyone, but I just fear somewhere down that the same thing's going to happen and it's just going to be, it's just going to, it's just going to suck. So, um, try not to get into too much detail about it, but, um, yeah, that's where my head is with that right now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's hard not to get into your own head when going through things like this and that's a tough thing you never know how things are going to pan out you know like it's uh it's one of those things that you change course every day every week and um you can't foresee the future no one's got a crystal ball right but the the toughest thing is getting into your own head and it's so easy for for anyone to do that, to start thinking about all the worst case scenario of like, what if this happens and what if that happens? And, um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough not to do it. It's tough not to get into your own head, but the more that you can, the more that you can be 
okay with the current state of things and just work through them, um, the easier it might be. It's just too easy to get yourself worked up. Yeah. I also think that past experiences with everything um, has a big impact on, obviously has a big impact on my personality and who I am now. So uh, with that being said, it's like, stuff that's not even related to this has affected me in a negative way, say like being cheated on. So now that I've been cheated on my, my trust in people is, is there barely there or they're not at, at all. So uh, with that, it's like, now this has happened to me before and I know what happened in that situation. So it's like, I'm comparing that to this situation I am in now, if that makes any sense. So I don't know. It's all in my head. I'm just kind of, about just a lot of things right now yeah dude i mean your your feelings and your emotions are natural right like yeah i always revert back to this and say it but life is such a calculation of all these experiences that we have and so it's hard not to see the world through a bit of a biased lens when you've experienced something before right yeah the way that you see it is like anyone would see it as well it's probably going to turn out the way it did before and that's not always the case it's um every every situation is different and unique and um and that you learn from them you grow from them you build upon them and that's that's kind of the way that it works out and that's uh that's definitely how i would normally look on outlook on things too is like every situation is different but then i've had the same situations repeat themselves. And I'm just like, well, okay. And that now that's happened. It's like, it can always repeat itself again. But anyway, I'm, if people know me, I'm super cynical. That's one thing I am. Um, it actually helps at work a lot. Um, cause I tend to think of the worst possible scenarios and situations that we could be, uh, that could happen. Um, anyway, well, how come you think you're cynical? Like, why, why do you think that that's the case? Oh, I don't know. I, well, from me being the most negative person that I've ever, ever met. And Dude, you're not negative. You're not. You oh, probably man. think, I bet you think you're more negative than you are because you're not a negative person. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, all my friends know that I'm the negative person. I mean, it gets annoying to some people too. Like I always like, if anything good happens, I always have to see the possible bad that can happen or like the, the worst possible outcome. I don't know. But why uh, do you think that, why do you think that the, like, why do you feel you're that way though? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's like a, a paranoia, like to maybe like get my ready myself ready for that kind of situation. If it ever actually happens, even though, even if I think of the worst and the worst happens, I'm going to be completely crushed and, and, uh, surprised anyway. But at least even though I've thought of it, I don't know. I don't even know when I started doing that. I think it eventually it was just came part of my personality where I always look at the worst possible scenario. It's the same thing with um, my online friends when we play video games and it actually works in our benefit. Um, We'll be doing something and they'll be like, Oh, we want to go this direction. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, like five teams dropped in that direction. There is the bombing zone in that direction as well. And it's like, this is our, probably our best path to take less resistance. I don't know. It's just something that I, I've always thought of, I mean, it's not all, it doesn't have to be always a negative thing, but I always think of the negative first. I don't know. Do you think it might be like, I remember when you said that 
that your um, your anxiety or your levels of anxiousness started to kind of increase around the time when your grandpa broke his leg and um, having experiences like that and then having um, having things like your Super Nintendo get stolen from you and uh, just knowing all these things that you've known about your life, it, do you think that might be a reason that it's like a slow grind and a slow build of cynicism where it's just like... Oh, it must be. Um, it's evolved I, into that? I, I feel like... I feel like me that maybe that's like how like I how I've evolved I guess like because like when really terrible things happen I tend not to be that surprised I mean there's definitely terrible things that can happen that will surprise me but most terrible things that happen to people don't really surprise me like if I got hit by a car I'd be like oh well I got hit by a car I mean um, we're still alive right it wouldn't really make me panic it's like when me and Cody drove over the median in the winter he was ghost white i was just like nah i guess we and he's like we have to pull over and i'm like dude we have to get to work <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't phased by the whole situation where as i feel like anybody else would be freaking out that we just drove we we're driving 60 kilometers and we just drove over a median past a tree and two cars how did you do that this is the first i've heard of that oh so i was in my old car and like that thing was a POS like it it I'm so glad that thing is gone but it was like the tires were the baldest of bald so trying to get up Disraeli like there's that little path that goes into Disraeli you probably don't take that path that often but I would have to like go as slow as I could to try to get up that that part where it goes onto the Disraeli bridge just so I could get up to speed or else I wasn't going anywhere I was probably going to slide backwards that those tires were bald so <laughs> I was driving to work and I don't even think I was like, there's no way now that I think about it, there's no way I was going 60. Like there's like down Henderson on on a snowy day. I was probably going 20 to 30 if that, and uh, we were just driving down and I guess I don't know what happened because there was no cars in front of me and there was like, I guess a car on the side of me, but I didn't, I didn't break. I didn't do anything. I just must've hit a patch of ice and the car just like totally swerved to the left and it went right over the median with it felt like butter. I didn't hit a curb, nothing. It felt like butter, and I swerved and I went over the median. And I guess because there was like a pot buildup of snow at the curb, that's why I went over like butter. But I don't, I don't really know. And then it went through two trees. So there's a tree on each side of the car, about maybe a foot or two away from the car. And then I drove into the oncoming traffic lane of the other side of the median and there was a tr- two trucks coming our way they were they were pretty far away so they probably saw what was going on but cody was freaking out so i just like you know drove into the side street and like went down a back lane and like cody's like knuckling it real hard and like saying like we need to stop and i'm like cody we need to get to work we're gonna be late so, uh, yeah, we went over a median, almost hit a tree or two, uh, and almost got hit by two cars. Dude, I don't think that you're negative. I don't think that you're cynical. I think that you're pretty realistic. I think you're practical in your mindset. Maybe maybe some people would say you're direct, but you're not a negative guy. So I don't know why. You're not negative. Thinking about that situation, you're you're not negative. You're just looking at it the way it is and saying, yeah. That's 
that's the reality of it, right? So yeah, I would say that that particular instance was not as negative. Like I didn't take it negatively. It's just I don't know. That I think you see yourself in a different way than other people might see you, man. I mean, to tell you the truth, that that's everybody, right? Everybody's every every person's self is their worst critic. Is that how I should say that? I don't even know if that's how that's supposed to be said. But um, I think I judge myself pretty hard. I've had some fairly strange uh, ex-girlfriends in my lifetime. I've had, and and one of them is that I, that the girl that, and that got, uh, that I left at that show. I can't remember what I called them now because of this other douchebag guy. She was, uh, she had an eating disorder and we dated for so long that that eating disorder kind of rubbed off on me. I didn't really have an eating disorder, but it's just like, I felt like I did. So I was really self-conscious about myself all the time. And, uh, I don't know. It's just like kind of some things like that. I, I feel like I've been most influenced on my appearance and stuff and, and, and how I present myself because of the ex-girlfriends I've had. Two of them have had eating disorders. One of them had a, this, this crazy fear of uncontrolled movement. That was like, I don't want to mention who that was, but it was just like this fear of uncontrolled movement and it really affected our relationship in a way. Anyway. What's uncontrolled movement? Oh, man. Okay, so... There's this girl that I, I dated, and she had this fear of uncontrolled movement. And um, people that know me will understand and know who I'm talking about. So I may as well just say that it was the, the girl from Toys R Us, okay? I didn't mention her name, but she's she had this fear of uncontrolled movement. And what this meant, and the thing is, I didn't even know about this, okay? Like, I, I was never told about this fear, and I was never told of how severe this fear was. So what ended up happening is I think for one of our anniversaries, we went to go, we were like going to go to camping to rushing river. I was like, Hey, this is a really good idea. Let's go camping to rushing river. Um, I was like, and she's like super, super stoked for it. But her parents, um, her parents are split up by the way. So they're, they're, they're separated. Um, her parents, um, were very like very weird about it they're like yeah go but you know be careful and like they're they're being like extra cautious but not really and i thought something was wrong but i didn't like i didn't really bother to ask because i was like okay maybe there's something going on with her brother or, or something like that i don't know so we're on the road and I have this, like, I feel like I have this curse, but I, I swear it happens to everyone is that this curse where when I go camping, it rains every time, at least once. One of the days it's going to rain or the full time of the, it's going to rain. I've got that same curse, man. Yeah. I feel like everybody has this curse. Um, I think I've, in my entire life, my entire life, I can count once, once in my entire life that I've gone camping and it hasn't rained at once, once the whole time. And, and I've gone camping a lot, like we talk about this camping's a, a pretty pretty big thing in our lives um in most people's lives too i guess but so we're on the road and it's starting to storm and it's starting to like thunder and i'm like i'm like okay this is my first time driving in this con conditions on the road actually no that's not true it's not the first time i guess it's the first time with her but I, like when i was in the band i've i've driven in crazy uh crazy um weather i guess actually at one point i don't know if i said this i might be repeating this but we actually thought we were going to die so everybody in the van was texting their loved ones to say like 
they love them and stuff. We th- we honestly thought we were going to die. The snowstorm was so bad. Um, we didn't make it to that show. I don't know if I repeated myself, but why? And why wouldn't you just pull over? Somewhere? Uh, we were trying to make it to our show. We were tr- like, we had a show that night, and we were like, and as I said before, is like we needed to play those shows so we could get money to get to the next show. So we needed to get to this show, or else we were just like stranded in the middle of nowhere. Um, the snow was so bad. We were going like 30 on a highway and you could not see anything, nothing. You couldn't see anything in front of you. The only thing you could see was like the poles, those like shiny poles that are on the highways. That's all you could see. So that's what we were relying on to see. And everywhere we were going, there was just cars piled up in the ditches. So we're like, we're going to die. We're either going to get stranded and die because this van has no heat or, or something like we were just screwed. But anyway, so that's, that's what happened there. Um, we didn't actually die, and we did not make it to the show. <laughs> but we made it to uh, the promoter's house, and we stayed there, and we luckily had enough money to get to the next show and continue, and continue the tour. Um, but, so, okay, so me and this girl, we're on our anniversary, we're going to Rushing River, and she is white-knuckled. That's what I was trying to say Cody was before. He's white-knuckled. She's white-knuckled. She's holding her fists so tight and grinding her teeth, and I'm just like, are you nervous? Or what's going on here? And so she starts to tell me that she has this 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 phobia or fear of uncontrolled movement. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, And then she's like so freaked out that she's trying to explain this to me, but also super freaked out. So she was like looking at the sky and the trees were moving. What do you mean? Like she... She was she has vertigo or something. Uh, I don't know if that's like the okay. So the trees and leaves were moving. The leaves were flying and the trees were moving. Okay, now let's take a step back or a step forward when I learned more about this. Okay, so apparently when she was a kid, she saw a bag fly across a park, and she started to like pull her face and scream. So this is like the first instance that her her family has seen her do this so she like pulled her face and was like screaming or something i think it was a bag maybe it was a leaf can't really remember something flying across the way so that was like the first time and then i and then they had this grandfather clock in their house that would you know the little bell thing or whatever the heck it is weight would sway back and forth she would sit in front of that thing and freak out so apparently it's anything that has uncontrolled movement so like we couldn't go to parks because if it was windy, the swings would move, the the swings would move, and we couldn't go to the park because she'd be like freaked out. She'd be like not okay. Um, we went to a concert in Calgary. I think it was Calgary, uh, somewhere in Vancouver maybe. And there was this like you know in hockey stadiums they have those the tele whatever things. I don't know what they are. The scoreboard things. But the the concert was so bumping that it was making that thing sway back and forth. So. Again, uncontrolled movement. She was freaking out. So basically, she needs to see something get into motion. Yeah, curtains. Curtains moving in the wind. Um, Little little physics here. I have no idea what I'm talking about. What is it? Uh, Force equals mass. What is it? 
uh, man, you're talking uh, to the guy that cheated to that weight or something. I don't know. I can't remember, but she needs some, <clears throat> she needs something with some serious, um, movement and direction behind it. She needs to see that happening. Like you push the door open. She's yes. okay with that. Yeah, if she okay. just sees something moving and has no idea why it's moving, that freaks her out. Yep. You got it. Spot on. Anything like that. Leaves, bags, um, water, not so much. And just like, yeah, swings. Um, it, and it's, it's terrifying. And you know, the thing is like, some of my friends learned about it and they laughed about it. I'm like, that's not, it's not funny. Like she's actually terrified of this. Like, don't laugh at her. <laughs> like, this is not something that you can laugh about. Like she, she's tried so many things to try to get over it and it's just not, cannot get over it. So, um, yeah, so she, we went camping and this happened. Now, this is the first time that I've ever witnessed it. And this is the first time that we've ever gone on a trip by ourselves. So I'm freaking out and like, she's freaking out. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call your parents and, uh, find out what's going on. So I call her and they're, they're more calm than she is. And I, I talked to her mom at first and she's like, not helpful. So I have to call her dad. Excuse me. And then her dad tells me, oh yeah, she has this fear of uncontrolled movement. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> like, Good to know, like, maybe, like, two hours ago before we started driving in this storm to go camping by ourselves. Like, I don't know how to, con- I don't know how to deal with this. So then we, like, there, we had two options, three options. Either we uh, turned around and went to, um, like, a hotel uh, and stayed at the hotel for the night, or we went to the uh, campsite and we sat in the washroom. Apparently, this is what they've done before: is they've sat in the washroom uh, f- until the the storm stops and she's okay because in the washroom there's nothing that's moving. It's a solid, solid building. Um, oh yeah, she had like to make it to like get it to her, for her to stop freaking out. She had to be inside a building that was like solid and had no movement. That was that was the the cure. Um. And the other one was, which we did, and I, I was so proud of her for doing it, was we had to get there, set up the camp, set up the tent, and just, like, chill inside the camp, inside the tent, and just, like, you know, hang out. So that's what we did. Um, but we didn't actually stay in the tent at the time. We just sat in the car while she just kind of, like, tried to calm down, and I tried to calm her down. I had no idea how to calm her down. I didn't really even know what was going on. So, um that's the story of the uncontrolled movement, um, me finding out about it. So you go to Rushing River, out of all places, where there's water moving, the waterfall's going. Yeah, uh, waterfall is going, I, the water was fine. I mean, the trip afterwards... Take that. The, the, the trip afterwards was freaking amazing. Like, it was it was super cool. Like, it got really nice, and you did hiking, and it went in the, in the water. I wanted to go in the rapids, but apparently you can't do that anymore. I uh, went to the d- jumping rock. Yeah, no, you know, we did all the cool rushing river stuff, saw the families. I hate family campsites, by the way. If anybody else feels that pain, um, you feel me? Not my favorite. No, uh, for for a rowdy bunch that actually only starts getting rowdy at midnight, the family campsites are not a, it's not a thing. It's not a, it's not a good place for m- me and my friends. <laughs> no. It's, no. Um we did hear about a place that we're planning to go to uh, that is apparently 18 plus, but I don't know how true that is. Um, either that or I'm just going to take them in the middle of nowhere. Um, anyway, 
I have no idea where we were. So we're talking, you, you met the girl at Toys R Us, and that's how we kind of digressed into the story of you started dating her. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I started, yeah. So I started dating the her. mom wasn't, then... like, super fond of it. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it more, I think she was into it. I think she thought that I was going to be her, like, prince and shining, and uh, whatever it is. I don't even know that saying. Prince, prince and, and shining, shining armor? armor? Is that what it is? Yep. Sure. Um, and like break her out of this like no friend and have like friends and be like part of something and whatnot uh, i think it, it i mean t- to be honest my opinion was it was the it was the bad boy phase i mean i i lived on osborne it was like right in front of all the bars and like we'd always party and like do stupid things and i don't know go ghost hunting she got so so by the way so uh the douchebag I don't even know if I mentioned this yet, but the douchebag guy that took, I keep, I don't want to say douchebag because we already have a character douchebag, but I can't remember what we called him. Uh, anyway, the guy that ended up dating my ex-girlfriend after I broke up with her, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he ended up dating the another girl that I started dating that summer. He dated two of my ex-girlfriends back to back. Did I mention talking- that? You're talking about that guy. That guy. Yeah, that guy. So that guy ends up dating an, the, my next ex-girlfriend. So, sorry, there is a girlfriend in between, but I don't really count her because I don't really know if it was dating or what it was, a fling. I don't know what the heck it was. It was for a, for like a summer. Dude, you got it done, and this was all before you could swipe right. Yeah, I don't. I've I've never experienced Tinder. I think that was a Tinder reference, right? That was a Tinder reference. Was that a Tinder reference? Yep. Okay, I don't even know what that is. I was want to use. I was wanted to log into Cody's and and swipe because I've never swiped before. Um, but I never have because he won't give me his information. Um, but yeah, so I dated this girl. Like, okay, so this girl. It was in between, um, me getting fired from or me quitting. 7-Eleven and me starting at Toys R Us, there was this girl in between. Um, and we dated or like we kind of saw each other and it was like, I don't know. It was for like a summer, I guess. And then this guy, that guy ended up dating her afterwards because I I thought she was nuts. I still think she's crazy. I'm sorry if that's bad, but she was nuts. Um, there's some crazy ass stories um, that happened. I don't, I'm not going to, I might mention some of them maybe, but I won't this time. Um, so that guy ended up dating that ex. And and, and I, so he came to be in my group of, my newest group of friends. He like started hanging out with us. And I'm just like, man, how did, how did this even happen? Like, first of all, I told my entire group of friends, I'll call them the summer friends because that's when I met them right after the band. I, this entire group of friends, I told them from the very beginning, I'm like, this guy is bad news. This guy has treated me like garbage over and over and over again. And you're and he's like, I do not want him in our group of friends. Like he is not somebody I want to associate with. And they didn't listen because they're like, oh, this guy's so cool. He's blah, 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 this and blah, blah, blah. And like, he's, he's like, and then he became friends with the, my ex-girlfriend and they started dating and then whatever. We all hung out eventually sometimes. I basically, at that point, when I started dating the Toys R Us girl is when I 
stopped hanging out with that group of friends on the regular. Cause like before that summer, it was like, I was there every single day. Uh, like I stayed there. I would bus from St. James all the way to Regent to go to work. I, it was, it was just like crazy. I was always there. But then eventually since he came around and none of my friends, my closest friends didn't believe me that he was a piece of junk. Um, just like hung out. So I was dating this girl at the time, the, the toys girl. And we went to, um, I don't know what it is. Everybody goes there for ghost hunting, some ruins somewhere. I don't know, some church or something like that. So we went there and, and, uh, me and, um, uh, me and one of the guys, we were in the back behind everybody. And then the police came, but the girl I was dating and that guy were at the front. And yet to get into this place, you have to jump over a fence. So what happened was me and my friend, we jumped the fence in the back because the cops were coming and well, he couldn't jump it. So I had to throw my jacket on top of the fence and then he jumped on my jacket and then jumped over. But I jumped over the thing of like one jump and then we hid in the, bu- hid in the bushes while my girlfriend and that guy and a bunch of our other friends tried to run a different direction. Uh, the girlfriend at the time, she cut, she caught herself on the fence and like cut her side. Uh, and that guy jumped over first and then she screamed out for help and he just kept fucking running. He just left her there hanging on this fence. And I was like, you piece of shit. <laughs> like you can't even turn around to help somebody for like a second. Anyway, she had this huge scar on her. She has this huge scar on her side now from it because he was an asshole and did not want to help her off the fence. Like she was legit stuck on the fence, cut yeah, herself like, and got stuck to the point where she was impaled by the spike on the fence. Oh, dude, she, that's like deep. she has like it's not very big and it must have not been like that big of a spike. But like she got impaled like it went through her jacket and she's on this fence with this stupid thing stuck in her side. And this guy, as she's screaming for help, he just runs off and doesn't even bother to stop. Like this guy's a piece of shit. Man, do I hate this fucking guy. Um, anyway. And by this guy, you mean that guy? That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Anyway, so I digress again. I don't even remember again where we were with this. Um, You're working at Toys, dating this girl. Lots of things are going on. Oh, yeah, and then we ended up at the ruins. I can't even remember why I started talking about that guy. Because he started dating her after. Not this one, not Toys Girl, but uh, the 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 girl that I dated during the summer. They dated back to back. He dated them back to back. Anyway, there was a, there was a reason why I told this. Ghost. Oh yeah, so she like came to do like the Toys Girl came out to do stuff with us, do stuff like that with us, like go to this like haunted stuff, haunted place, and like take pictures and whatever, and and, and do things um, that she didn't really do before and i think her mom i think this is what we're talking about i completely could be wrong but i think this is what her mom liked was that like um we were she was doing things other than working out and watching tv um so she thought that i was like her prince in shining armor kind of thing but i was actually just the bad boy phase definitely just the bad boy phase um i feel like when the her like the whole her dad um getting cancer and all that kind of thing happened is like when she just realized that she didn't want the bad boy anymore so she just kind of we just kind of strayed and then we ended up eventually we just both are like we're two completely different people we want two completely different things in life 
Um, I think we're better off not being with each other. It's really rough to do that at like five years. So we had to be pretty strong on that point. Chris Friesen. Hello, Ben. It's plug time, man. My favorite time. Makes me so anxious. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know we've talked about tattoos. Actually, quite a bit we've talked about tattoos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any ink, and you don't have any ink. We're the minority. But you said if you had ink that you'd have... Like lots of ink, or you'd have like neck ink. You like the big neck piece. Oh, neck piece and face. Yeah. You like the face piece? Oh, I want. Definitely would get something around my eye, like the back side of my eye. Are you Mike Tyson or what? No, that's like didn't he like? I don't even know what he had, but it would definitely be like kind of like above and below my eye. There'd be like two lines. <laughs> Dude, I had like no on the idea. side. I had no idea you wanted to commit at that level. Oh, man. Like, if I could, oh, I would. But, uh, like, yeah. That's savage. I'm not laughing because I'm, la- <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing out of shock that this is the first time I've heard that you want to commit on the face. You've, you've got zero ink, and instead of just going for a nice little piece on the arm or leg or wherever, you go straight for the face. Oh, if I could, my whole body would be covered. You just don't like needles, that's why. Needles and um, uh, indecisive. Indecisive? Perfectionist? Yeah, that's okay. Well, dude, check this out. There's this guy, and he uh, he had a couple of sleeves. I know you tattoos are close, close to home for you, too. Britt's got some ink. A lot, yes. And uh, anyway, this guy had two sleeves full sleeves each arm and I guess he really liked as most people who have tattoos probably do they like their tattoos and they like people to see their tattoos or ask about them or everyone's going to have a different outlook on their their own ink I guess right yeah but this dude was having this uh, this wedding social which for anyone listening who doesn't live in Manitoba or even Canada is this this weird thing where when you're getting married you put on a party where you sell tickets to it and it's like a fundraiser for your own wedding so this dude had these two sleeves and he was like man I want to show these off and I want to look good doing it so he went down to F Apparel and he was like yo can you make me a suit like a regular suit not a vest a full suit, but no sleeves <clears throat> on the arms, on the shirt, or on the jacket. So it looked like a regular suit, but then instead of having arm sleeves, he just had tattoo sleeves. That's sick. And F Apparel came through. They were like, yeah, brother, we can knock it out for you. So as they do with like any suit, custom measured him up, took all his different measurements made his suit so he could feel like a rock star at his own wedding social and the guy was stoked and that's what they do right like you want a suit made fapparel.com enter your custom measurements takes i think it's about four to six weeks for it to 
to arrive at the door, but they'll do whatever you want, any fit, any style, and uh, enter promo code CHARACTER, get 20% off that order, they'll hook you up. That's so cool. You know what else is cool? You What's play up? a telly, Fender telly guitar. And you know who's giving away a telly right now? Oh man, is Samurai Guitarist giving away a telly? Dude, Samurai Guitarist is giving away a cherry red American-made telly with a black pickguard right now. Oof. Oh man. Yeah, dude, he's got this thing. So he, he, he's been ripping out some original songs. And he did this new one about a week or two ago, and it's called Psybeam. Super rad song, kind of psychedelic. Did it in like a cool 80s video style format for the video. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got this section where it says your turn to solo over the chords, like in the middle of the video. And I thought, I was like, when he did it, I was like, oh, dude, that's super cool. And then all of a sudden he dropped this new vid that was like, hey, I'm having a, a guitar giveaway contest through Musician, which is that like online music tab place where you can upload songs and it turns it into tab or you play along with tab you can search different different songs right so he uploads a song to musician Psybeam um, plug it for him anyone can go search Psybeam on musician.com or Samurai Guitars play along to his song and uh, follow his instructions go find his video but there's some instructions on how to enter to win the contest and then I think you've got until June 30th to uh to enter the contest so american made telly samurai guitarist is knocking it out if you haven't subscribed to him or checked out his vids go check him out youtube.com samurai guitarist guy is a mad man he's insane good eyebrows <laughs> you love his eyebrows love his eyebrows um another thing too always like talking about um different podcasts that i'm listening to uh, at the end, new thing that we kind of started, but uh, shout out to uh, a, a girl named Bon. She's out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. She's got a cool podcast. It's kind of similar, similar beat to character. Um, it's called Daughter. It's uh, it's about her mom and her relationship with her mom. So her mom is from uh, I think they're a Sudanese family. And anyways, she she drops every two weeks and great podcast really uh, really interesting story and different life perspective on on what it was like when um her family got up and left um left and moved to canada and they uh they settled here so she and her mom i guess have a different view of the world uh the way that they've grown up and it's, it's just super interesting so go check out daughter podcast um show her some love on itunes subscribe review uh, really, really interesting story worth worth listening to. So, check it out. Uh, last thing to check out: me and Molly Music. Gotta love them. Thank you for the uh, for the song they give us every week. Disappear. So show them some love too. Check them out on Spotify. And as always, we love you all. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you. When are we gonna see him? Next week? Let's do it next week, brother. Next week. Bye.